The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rowley Sussex. It's that time of the day. The ABC's Word Wizard, Rowley Sussex OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland, is here, willing and able to talk with you about words, language, and linguistics. Professor, Professor. Professor! So difficult to figure out sometimes where to put the emphasis, isn't it? Good afternoon, Kat. Am I in Canberra or Canberra this afternoon? I don't know. Are you? Uh, both, probably. Ah. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm being grandpa in just outside Canberra today, so I'm having great fun uh, reading stories to a three-and-a-half-year-old little girl who wants to talk all the time. Oh, gorgeous. Love it. Stresses in words. Um, do you do research or research? Is it a cigarette or a cigarette? And the trouble is that a lot of these stresses are mixed up with French, and French has given us 29% of the vocabulary of modern English. Wow. And sometimes we've changed these stresses, and sometimes we haven't. I, you, you asked if there was any way of knowing where to put the stress on an English word, so there are a few rules. And here's a simple one. If you've got a word of one, one syllable, that's easy. Mm. Hat, box, you know, okay. two syllables. If it's a noun or an adjective, put the stress on the first syllable. Happy, camper, happy, camper. Happy is an adjective, camper is a noun, first syllable. If it's two syllables and it's a verb, an action word, put the stress on the second syllable, okay? Mm -hmm. So invite you to dinner. Invite you, da-da, second stress, to dinner. First stress, okay? And like, I'm going to import something, and when they get there, they will be imports that have come in under my name. So that rule will, will deal with an awful lot of English words. And if there are uh, things in, words ending in I-C or S-I-O-N or T-I-O-N, you stress on the second last syllable. So graphic, Homeric, division, collision, invention, intention, Right, those feel all right, okay? And if it's in a T-Y or P-H-Y or G-Y, then it's one syllable back from that. So, capacity, photography. Mm. So, it's not simple, but there are at least some rules. Until we get to borrowed words, and if you go into a patisserie or a patisserie, do you buy a, now, C-R-O-I-S-S-A-N-T. How do people pronounce it? I can tell you that in French it is croissant. Uh-huh. But I heard people say croissant. Yes. And croissant and croissant and a number of other different versions. And if, if it's D-E-B-R-I-S, is it debris or debris or debris? And with perfume, this is my, my favorite example. Is it perfume or perfume? Do you have a preference, Kat? Perfume, um, yeah, per perfume. Would you like some perfume? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. No, I'm that, that's the one that has become. When oh. I was when I was younger, it was perfume, mm -hmm. but nowadays I think among people under about forty five, fifty, certainly perfume wins out. I once went into our really upmarket shops that sells one of these things, and I said to the lady behind the counter, "Do you spell sell perfume or perfume?" And uh, she looked down her nose and said, well, it depends on whether Sir wants to spend more than $400. Oh, no. 
Nasty. I mean, it's, Nasty. it's parfum, isn't it? Again, with the it's, French. And it's parfum. You're parfum. dead right, yes. And perfume yeah. is the French, French sort of stress. But perfume is the way it ought to be. And, and she was saying, well, if you're only going to buy perfume, sir, I can offer you something nice and cheap. But if you're really a proper customer, perfume is what we will sell you. And there's a whole stack of these words. Croissant is only one of them. And if you think about French cooking words, uh, a baguette. It's not a baguette. It's a baguette, all right? Now, that's a noun. And according to the rule, it should be stressed on the first syllable in English. Remember, happy camper. But mm -hmm. it's baguette. baguette. And a brioche. And a creme brulee. Mm. And a quiche Lorraine. And a boeuf bourguignon. And camembert, although a lot of people say camembert nowadays, bouillabaisse, or bouillabaisse? No, it's because bouillabaisse in French. Um, a few of these, like omelette, by the way, which is a French word, have been anglicized. And I think if you ask for an omelette in a, in a, a, in a, a breakfast place, they'll look down their noses at you and say, we have an omelette, sir, but that's all you're going to get. But Boy. these are problematic because... Yeah. In the middle of all of this, the French have decided, sorry, the Americans have decided that they're going to follow the French. So in America, if you have a B-E-R-E-T on your head, that is a beret, not a beret. Now, this is interesting because it was beret when I was young. But you remember the song about the, you know, the bridge over the River Kwai? But uh, the, the, the people for the green beret. And you have a baton in your hand if you're a conductor. And uh, you have a brochure. And the one that really struck me was V-A-L-E-T and valet. And they talked about valet parking in American airports. Now, I talk about valet parking, or some people say valet. We are in a dreadful mess here. If you're in America and you're in doubt, stress the last syllable and you could be okay. Like pate rather than pate. But no, parquet or is it parquet? P-A-R-Q-U-E-T. I'd be interested to hear what the listeners have to say about this because a lot of us get these things, well, we think we know what it ought to be, D-E-T-A-I-L. For me, that's a detail. Not detail. It is in France. Hmm. So in, in, in America, I beg your pardon, in, in, it's a detail. They will acknowledge detail, but they say British. So, you know, if you want to, be, you want to sound like a, an American person speaking yeah. English yeah. in America... Yeah. Well, Maria has very astutely observed this on the uh, text line. Maria, thank you. She says, uh, what about words like defence and repeat? Uh, you hear sports commentators uh, now talking about defence and repeat sets. Again, mm -hmm. is that an American, um, North American approach to English and pronunciation? It is to dead right. And, of course, this is going against what I've just said uh, because defence for defence is certainly a French word, so you'd expect it to be stressed on the last syllable. But in America, particularly in sports like baseball, basketball, American football, you have the defence and the offence, which they've stressed. They've moved the syllable one to the right. And as for a repeat or a repeat, if you go to a chemist and you've got a prescription, do you ask for a repeat or a repeat? Repeat, I've heard both. Repeat. Yeah, repeat, repeat. Oh, it goes on, doesn't it? Okay, so Ron at Majors Creek. G'day, Ron. Go ahead. G'day, Kat. G'day, Riley. Riley, I've got to say, you, oh, sorry, you really stress me out because I, I wonder a lot about um, my pronunciation, which I know is, is shocking. But, um, and I think that a lot of people are probably quite hesitant about saying anything to you over the phone, as <laughs> I'm, I feel right now. 
But uh, I was wondering uh, if you could clarify what uh, Joe Biden was saying in a speech where uh, he was talking about the uh, initial bombing of Israel and he, and he said, uh, beyond the pale, and which I, I, I took as being something quite incredible. Um, where does, one, does that, is that what it means? And two, where, where would that come from? Yeah, okay, P-A-L-E, beyond the pale, means um, outside ordinary expectation, something like that. Um, and there was a pale in Russia, uh, and there was one in Ireland as well. Um, in other words, there was an area which the English had control over, and then there was the area outside that. And if it was something was beyond the pale, it was outside your control. And so that's what it means, and that's where it comes from. It was originally, of course, uh, just a, a paling, a fence, paling fence, which marked the marked the the boundary over which you could be safe inside it and not safe outside it. So, complicated. It, 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 so it refers more or less to, or, or its origin is more or less to something that was outside Western uh, control. That'll do very nicely. And okay. and beyond the pale, when he's talking about the bombing, means it's beyond what you would normally expect. You know, excessive, something like that. Interesting. Ron, thank you. Good one. We'll keep moving. Uh, a few of you keen to, to keep in touch with Rolly this afternoon. Kath at Kingaroy, uh, you'd like to know the difference between two commonly heard phrases. Kath, hello. Go ahead. Hi, Kat. Hi, Professor. Yes, I've been, I've been wondering a lot lately about the difference between grand final and grand finale. Mm. Ah, right. Okay, both of them come from French. Uh, finale, F-I-N-A-L-E, is the way you'd pronounce it in French. And it means, uh, well, the grand final is the name for football games in Australia, particularly in AFL, where it's been the grand final since as long as I can remember. But grand finale is, is more a um, last and most impressive part of a performance. So it can be uh, our opera, it can be a concert, music concert, it can be um, even on the stage. And the grand finale is the bit at the end which really is fantastic and exciting. But they come from exactly the same root. You're quite, quite right. Grand means large or grand or important. And the finale bit means which comes last. Huh. I have too wondered about that, Kath. So I'm glad you asked that. And thank you for clearing it up, Rolly. Yeah. Uh, to Beerwa now and uh, Rachel. Hello, Rachel. What's your question? Yes. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Good afternoon. Um, queries. Uh, names. Um, Western non uh, <laughs> There's the emphasis again. We'll have, you know, Rolly Sussex, Mr. Mm -hmm. Smith. Mm -hmm. Eastern, and the most obvious one I can think of is the leader of North Korea, Kim Il-sung, where Kim is a family name. So he will be addressed mm -hmm. as President mm -hmm. Kim, Mr. Kim. Kim Why do we do that? We had a sort of west go one way and east go the other way. Oh, names names have certain patterns. You mean which one comes first? Um, in Western Europe, names your surname comes last. But in uh, most of Asia, in fact, all of Asia that I can think of, um, your surname comes first. Is that, is that what you meant? And it's just like how did exactly and why? Why is that? Why? Oh, it's just a, a very old cultural habit. And so it is, is you know, um, uh, any, any person in Asia, uh, where Kim Il-sung, for example, is I am, I am of the family of Kim and Il-sung are my ordinary personal names. 
And actually in Europe, Hungary does it that way as well, even though they are definitely a Western nation. And the Russians do it both ways. So that in Russia you can, you can uh, introduce yourself as either Putin, Vladimir Vladimirovich, or Vadim Vladimirovich Putin. Either way, they'll do both. Depends where you are. Okay. Thank you, Rachel. On ABC Radio Brisbane and Gold Coast, it's about half past two. I'm Cat and Professor Rolly Sussex. Uh, your Lord of Language is with you, having a word in your ear this afternoon. Uh, we were speaking earlier, Rolly, about emphasis and syllables. Uh, Michelle mm. on the Gold Coast heard your uh, observations around croissant, croissant, mm. cro- croissant. Yes. And uh, it reminded you of a little story, didn't it, Michelle? Hello. It did. Hi, Cat. Hi, Rolly. Hi. Hi there. Um, I'm short story. I was born in the north of England, so I don't have a snobby bone in my body, but mm-hmm. had some very formative teenage years in the French speaking part of Belgium. Ah. So I the croissant and went into a supermarket when I first came to Australia and asked if they had any croissants, and she said, mm-hmm. Don't you mean crescents? <laughs> and I was a bit horrified. Crescents. Yeah, and, and you, you've picked up the exact problem. Do you anglicise it or not? Because if you're doing the French stress, you can sound a little bit up yourself and over the top, or people may say, don't you really know how it's meant to be pronounced? Now, Kat, you're, you're, a, you're a very, very careful cook. S-O-U-F-F-L-E acute. Do you have a souffle or a souffle? Souffle? I don't know. Souffle? I would say souffle. The trouble is the more you the more you ask yourself how do I pronounce it, the less certain you are. Yeah. Doubting uh, myself. What should I be saying, really? How about I ask that question? Well, I, I both are listed and both are allowed. Oh. In in again America, again, they will certainly say souffle. And if you don't, they'll think, Oh, this person doesn't know very much about French cooking. On the other hand, in Australia, I think I've heard souffle a lot more. Than souffle. Souffle. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Beautiful observations from, uh, I believe, Fiona on the text line, just sort of uh, some of the ways in which uh, the Americans, again, or people with um, a North American approach to English, might say a thermometer, th- uh, odometer, therm- thermo- thermometer. Oh, yes, yes. Therm- mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's different, isn't it? Yeah, and then what do you do with kilometer and kilometer? Oh. Uh, and the answer is that it's centimeter, decimeter, kilometer. They're all part of one pattern. And the ometer ones are measuring things like an anemometer or a barometer. Unfortunately, kilometer has now become kilometer so that it's out of, out of whack with all of the other measurements. But certainly kilometer, I don't say it because I didn't grow up that way, mm. but it's far more common nowadays than kilometer. Bruce and Anango. Hi, Bruce. Hello. There you, are. there you are. Good. Well, what, what is it, Bruce? Just before I ask... Uh, uh, he was talking about detail and defence before. Yeah. Oh, yes. Now, the defence is the thing that goes around the house, and detail oh, is the thing right. that follows the horse. <laughs> yeah, all right. Now, yeah, all you find on the end of the dog. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, just a minute. Before I go, Riley, um, I, I heard it on the country hour the other day. One of the Israelis or something talking about one of the areas around the state. It could have been here where I am at the moment, but she was talking about being more drier. It's not very good English, is it? Oh, like the weather conditions, it was dry before and it's even drier now, but she's thrown in a more drier. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, and no, that, that's not right. The rule in English just goes like this. If the adjective has got one syllable like hot, it goes E-R 
and EST, so hot, hotter, hottest, right? If it's got three syllables or more, like indistinguishable, it's going to be more indistinguishable and most indistinguishable. If you've got two syllables, like common, it can go either way, and it really depends, depends on which one sounds more natural to you. So you can say more common or most common, or you can say commoner and commonest, and all of them are acceptable. So that in the case, but, but in the case of dry, that's one syllable, so drier is what you should be having. I thought once it got to drier, well, it was drier. That's it, not more drier or, or drier. Well, and it's certainly not more drier, but it's, it's drier is correct. You know, this year is going to be drier than last year, and I'm afraid that's going to be true. Thanks, Bruce. So uh, your instinct is dead right. Well, uh, see if we can return to Julian now. Julian, hello. Hi, I'm again. Yes, hello, again. Julian. Yes, loud and clear. Go ahead. Just quickly, when a debutant has their first appearance, is it their debut or their debut? Ah, oh, all right. Now, this is another one because debut, well, in French it is debut. And there's a, a light stress in French you always have on the last syllable of a word or phrase, but it's not very strong. And in English, in comparison, we have strong stresses, so we, we tend to say either debut or debut or something. But nobody is sure exactly what the preferred word version is, um, debut is probably what you'd hear mostly in Australia, but, but debut is also common. And if you put the stress on the last syllable, debut, that makes, I, I, it sounds to me a little bit like being rather carefully cultured, a little bit over the top, but you'll hear all three. So for preference then, debut, and uh, no one can complain if you say that. So do you think the stress on the debut the you, the debut, as opposed to just the boo? Well, that's another issue, which is the before the vowel oo, do you say the y or not? Now, for example, there's a, um, some people say nude, and some people say nude, and some people say news, and some people say news. Uh, in Australia, I think it's still news, you know, where they, where they tell you what's been happening in the world, but certainly nude is I think more frequent among people under, say, 35-ish hmm. than people like me who still say nude with a y. So before the vowel u, if you've got an n or a t or something, then the, the y is sometimes there and sometimes not, depending on how far you're going towards the American pattern. And news and nude are both American. So your instincts about debut are, again, right. Uh, but it's in the middle of two problems here. One is where you put the stress and one is whether you have a y or not. And we've really made a cross for our own backs and it's not resolved. There we go. Julian, thank you. Uh, a couple of um, messages that have come through on the fax machine through Carrier Pigeon and the text message line. Alan says, uh, Kat, hello. One question for Rolly. In the sentence, I wound the wound with a bandage, the O-U-N-D word has two meanings and two pronunciations. I can't think of another instance where this happens. Sound found, hound, bound, mound, pound, round, etc. I hope it is more than just profound musings of a bored retiree. I was talking with my yeah. uh, grade tour yesterday, Rolly, about tear and tear, um, both looking the same um, but having different sounds and meanings. What's oh, that yes. called? Mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah, these are homographs, which means they're written the same way. Homo is same and graph is written. Homograph. And two words which are written the same but pronounced differently would be B-O-W as a violin bow or when you bow before someone. 
And I'm afraid English has got lots of these, including polish the Polish furniture. Ah, very good. Um, And then finally, uh, Peter at Birkdale, do um, people with a North American approach to English generally emphasise second syllables? Aussie is the first syllable, e.g. Brisbane versus Brisbane. Rolly, is that the rule that you were mentioning earlier? Yeah, well done. Or, or Melbourne. Do you remember? Do you remember the film Rain Man? Uh, I don't want to go to Melbourne, Australia, to find a, an airline that doesn't crash. So sometimes when in doubt, the Americans will put the stress on the last syllable where we never would. Sorry, people. It's a mess. It's a mess indeed. And it's time for your last word, please, Professor. This is Wallace Simpson, who married Edward VIII, and then he had to, had to abdicate and become the Duke of Windsor. And she said, I married him for better or for worse, but not for lunch. Thank you very much. A pleasure and a privilege as ever. Professor Rowley Sussex, your Lord of Language, joining you every Thursday afternoon. Just remember Thursdays are Words Days here on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Uh, he's on the radio, but he's not a radiologist. He is a linguist who specialises in languages. And you can hear him every Thursday from two o'clock. If you want more, Rolly, make sure you subscribe to his podcast, A Word In Your Ear, available through the ABC Listen app. You've been listening to A Word In Your Ear, a podcast from ABC Radio Brisbane. For more information, head to abc.net.au slash Brisbane.